I'm here with Nick Brothers. Today is September 16, 2011, and Nick is the director of Crossbar X Youth Ranch in Durango, Colorado. And uh, Nick, first tell us a little bit about uh, growing up. Um, I grew up out in Belton, California, and all the way up through high school. Um, uh, when I got done with high school, I uh, went off to Laterno College and uh, graduated from Laterno with a degree in uh, mechanical engineering. And then I was starting to look for an engineering job, and it worked out to go to uh, Molnose School of the Bible in Portland. For engineering? Uh, <laughs> no, after I graduated in engineering, oh. I went there for Bible um, at Multnomah. And they have a grad program. I was there for one year and uh, studied the Bible. And after that, I started looking for an engineering. Went back to California to live with my folks. And uh, as at that time, I started looking for an engineering job. And um, that's kind of where everything kind of change of events all kind of happened where I went to Colorado at okay. that point. And growing up, you got brothers and sisters? I have uh, one older brother and one younger sister. So you're right in the middle. I'm right in the middle. All right. And your siblings' names? Uh, my older brother is Tom, and he's, of course, here, and his wife, Nan, are here in um, Sandpoint. And then my sister and uh, her husband, Eric, are just out of Denver in Idaho Springs. Idaho Springs in Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Next to Colorado Springs in Colorado? Uh, no, it's uh, it's kind of the other side of Denver. Oh, okay. Yeah. So your uh, siblings, you grew up Tom, Nick, and Terry. Tom, Dick, and Harry. <laughs> Very close to Tom, Dick, and Harry. Yeah. So you uh, you guys were known as the Brothers Brothers. Yeah. Brothers Brothers with one sister. <laughs> with one sister. And uh, which one did Mom like best? Me, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, so you moved to Colorado. When did you move to Colorado? Well, back when I was in California looking at an engineering job, I met um, a man, Paul, and his wife, Mary, that were planning to start a camp for inner city kids in Durango. And... And it was kind of a decision point time because I kind of felt called to, to go do something like that. And so through circumstances, um, I ended up not going into engineering and uh, went out to Colorado to help uh, Paul and Mary start this camp for inner city kids. And did, did your parents move out there? Were you with your parents at the time? How old were you? Um, I was uh, 25. I was living with my parents um, when I moved out there. And you moved out alone? Yeah. And your parents were in California still? California, yeah. My parents uh, lived in California uh, for another year after I moved out to Colorado. Then they moved up here to uh, Sandpoint. So that's how you got connected with Kootenai Community Church. Right. Now, your mom and dad have attended here since? My mom and dad have been here forever. <laughs> I know my dad. I don't know. If, uh, I think it was... Uh, uh, Mr. Kenny, that uh, I think started the yeah. church, and um, yeah, it was shortly after Kootenai Community Church became Kootenai Community Church. Yeah, that they came, and I know my dad came here and got involved, and was a he was elder. an elder here for years. Yeah, did and he taught Sunday school too, as right. well. Uh, you, your mom and dad, uh, your dad passed away here a couple years ago. Uh, How far? Seven years ago. Seven years ago. I had to ask my mom that this morning or yesterday. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. It doesn't seem like it's been it that long, does it? Four years ago? I said, no, it's been seven. Seven, yeah. Yeah, so. So now you're married. I am married. How did you meet your wife? Well, while we were at, uh, while I was at um, uh, Crossbar X, I got going and uh, been in operation for four years. 
And uh, Tracy came to counsel, um, and she counseled for two years. And then after two years, we got interested in each other and uh, then got married um, in 1984. And you've been working at the camp ever since? And ever since, yeah. It's been 34 years. And children? We have four daughters. Um, Amy is our oldest. She's 25. She uh, graduated with a degree in communication and art. And then she, uh, uh, well, she's still living in Durango and uh, works as a photographer uh, through an Old West photo- photography place and photographies uh, weddings. And um, she has uh, applied to go to graduate school in Washington, D.C. Um, I, I can't remember the name of the school, but it's kind of a well-known school. But uh, they have a new degree, and I don't know if I can remember the name of it, but it's something like New Journalism Photo or New Photojournalism. And uh, she's going to get her master's in that, and uh, hopefully we'll start that a year from this fall. And she needs to get some scholarships and some things to be able to afford that. So she's pretty excited about heading out there. Um, I think... Uh, she kind of, um, one of the reasons she picked the school because she really would like to do um, an internship with, you know, something in that field. And the school does have some great opportunities with internships uh, like uh, the Washington Post, National Geographic, and some of those um, larger uh, companies. So she really would like to get into that aspect of um, photo. All right. And another? And then there's Christy. Christy uh, graduated from Fort Lewis in Durango, as did Amy. In biology, uh, she got married a year ago this last summer to Riley. So she is now Christy Alderton. Um, Riley's uh, dad is a pastor. And uh, Riley uh, just uh, uh, graduated from Fort Lewis also and just started as a full-time teacher teaching kindergarten. And he loves kids. Uh, Christy... Um, would like to pursue uh, nursing, so she is trying to get into nursing school right now. Um, she was hoping to start this fall, but it didn't work out. Um, so uh, that's the direction uh, she's headed. And then there's uh, the next daughter is Nicole. Uh, Nicole is in her second year of college, her first year at Fort Lewis, and then her second year now at Colorado State University in Fort Collins. And she's majoring in agricultural business. And uh, she someday would like to have her own little organic farm. And uh, so that's kind of the direction she's headed. And then our youngest, uh, Laura, uh, is, a ten, is a senior at Grace Preparatory Academy. And I don't know what she wants to do. Um, I would like for her, I know Fort Lewis and Durango offers an engineering degree, and I would like one of my daughters to kind of follow <laughs> in my footsteps. So anyway, I've kind of tried to encourage her, why don't you think about this engineering degree? Because she's very good with conceptual concepts and that sort of thing. So I think she'd be good at it. A wife and four daughters. A wife and four daughters. So it's the brothers, sisters <laughs> uh, at our house. You live in an ocean of estrogen don't you <laughs> uh, i won't admit it but yeah <laughs> <laughs> and did your kids uh have they all been involved at the camp at one point or another yeah now i mean they've just grown up with the kid <clears throat> they've grown up at the camp they were um you know we had um two home births so two of them were born at the, right at the camp with a midwife and uh yeah they've been 
involved for a lot of years. Um, uh, I guess more recently, uh, um, both Amy and um, Nicole and Christy, all three of them have all counseled, maybe not for the whole summer, but for part of the summer and helped out in other aspects. Uh, Christy's also worked as our wrangler and ropes course facilitator. Um, uh, this last summer, Christy was a part-time wrangler and Riley was our ropes course manager. And Laura, for a number of years, has been um, the camp photographer and video person and put together those videos and photographs. So they all do stuff with the camp in one degree or another? Right, right. So what type of ministry is the camp? We're familiar with the camp here locally. We have a Bible camp. They have a hundred and anywhere from 70 to 120, 150 kids at the camp, boys and girls at the same time, kids from different churches, Christian kids, non-Christian kids. Um, they've got a lake there. They have a staff there. What is it similar to that, your camp? Um, our camp is very similar in some ways, but it's, uh, it's quite different from, um, your normal camps in that, uh, we're a direct uh, ministry to low-income, inner-city kind of kids. So um, we keep it a little bit smaller since some of the kids have more needs than maybe the normal Christian camp that kids come to. Um, so how many kids would you have at a, for a week? And you run it at what, a week right, at a time? We have week-long camps. Uh, we run a, anywhere from 25 to 35 kids per session. Per week? Per week. How many weeks? Um, well, let me just run through our, our camps that we have. We sure. start in May with the counselor training. We have a week and a half of counselor training, and it's very intense and very involved in, in how to teach Bible lessons and uh, ministering to the kids with special needs. and um, So that's quite intense. That's a week and a half. And then we start. Um, we have three camps um, that are our falcon camps. We named all of our camps after birds because our um, camp versus Isaiah 40, 31, you know, if those who wait on the Lord will mount up with wings as eagles. So that's kind of where our bird camps came from, okay. <laughs> per se. So um, our first three camps, our youngest camps, are called our falcon camps. They're one week long, and uh, um, they're for kids uh, eight and nine. Um, uh, these, uh, we have uh, these kids, uh, well, we have one special camp, or two special camps in that one of the Falcon camps is just kids, inner city kids from Phoenix, Arizona. Um, those kids are involved with Mentor Kids USA. It's a Christian mentoring program, and they'll bring up a bus, whole busload of kids for just a camp for them. We also have a camp, uh, one Falcon camp that's just for ki- for inner city kids from Denver. And uh, we have a, a big bluebird school bus, and we run the bus up there to Denver to pick them up. Even your school bus is named after a bird. <laughs> that's right i never thought of that but it is uh yeah the bird bus <laughs> so three weeks of falcon camp right and then we have um two weeks of what we call our red hawk camps and those are our high school camps and there are kids um from 14 to 16 um and then our last couple of camps are Eagle camps, and those are for our middle school age kids. And most of our camps are just boys or just girls. The Falcons are co-ed, but the, the Eagle and the Red Hawk are um, um, boys or girls. And then we also have two Condor camps, which are week-long backpack trips. 
Um, so you go from May till when do you get done, August? Uh, about the middle of August. That's when school starts for all the kids in Colorado. So that's we can't run any longer than that. So what type of activities do you do during the week? You mentioned a ropes course. Right. What is um, that? Well, we, I mean, as far as all of our activities, we, um, uh, we have a very structured schedule, um, with a ton of activities that's going on. It's very, um, it's highly programmed, I guess you could say. Um, maybe I could run you through a typical day. Sure. That'll give you an idea of the activities and, uh, also kind of a little more of how we work. Um, start first thing in the morning with a staff devotional with our, um, uh, counselors. And then the counselor, the counselors and their campers clean their cabins and, um, they have a little quiet time, then flag raising, and then, uh, breakfast. And after breakfast, we do chores with the kids and that could be anywhere from cleaning the bathrooms. It could be, um, feeding the animals. We usually have chickens and goats and, um, we have the kids take care of them. It's really neat for inner city kids to go out there and find an egg in the chicken coop, you know, like, oh, this is where eggs come from. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So anyway, so they we, were made in a factory. <laughs> yeah. So they do their chores and um, after chores, we have a, um, <clears throat> a Bible lesson. Um, we do all those. Um, Tim, our program director, puts those together um, before the summer and our counselors help teach them. We also bring in some special speakers that sometimes to uh, teach Bible lessons. And um, this last summer was our theme was the Wild Wild Quest, <clears throat> which was kind of a takeoff of the Old West, but of course a quest for God. Um, this last summer that was our theme. Um, after that, uh, we have classes where they all kinds of different classes that they can sign up for, where they can do like a cooking class, they can do an archery class, they can do a horse class, they can do a knot tying class, and you know the list kind of an endless. Uh, survival class, first aid class, you know, kind of whatever, you know, the counselors kind of come up with as far as class and the kids seem to really enjoy those. Um, after that, we have what we call our one-on-one -on -one time. And the camp, the real focus of the camp is to give the kids uh, personal attention. That's why we don't take a lot of kids at one time and we have one counselor to five kids. And during that one-on-one -on -one time, uh, the counselor just takes one of their kids um, for a special activity and do whatever they want. Maybe go down to the game room and shoot pool or go ride the horses or go down the lake and go fishing. Um, but it's just for them to uh, minister to their kids one-on-one. -on -one. And that's a lot of times on the kids' evaluations, that's their favorite thing is the one-on-one -on -one time with their counselor. Um, the rest of the kids are all involved in a group game with support staff. Uh, after that is lunch. After lunch, we have uh, usually a craft time. And then we have rec time in the afternoon, and that's where they can go down to the lake. We have about a three-acre lake where they can go swimming or fishing. We have a, a water slide going into the lake that the kids love. Uh, we also just had uh, donated to the camp. Um, a, that's a small blob and big raft with a swing on it and you know, a rolling log on it and all kinds of fun things. And the kids spend a lot of time at the lake. Um, we also have our, our challenge course. And, uh, uh, the kids really like that. Um, it's a very large challenge course with high and low ropes course initiatives. Uh, we also have a giant swing. We have what we call our leap of faith where you jump off the top of a pole and have to grab a trapeze 35 feet off the ground. Then we also just put in a 800 foot zip line that goes across a creek and lands down by the challenge course. 
Um, then the evenings, of course, we always have a night game. The kids love that. Then another evening lesson in the evening. And uh, we also take the older kids uh, backpacking for three days. And when we're there on a Sunday, some of our camps are 10 days for the older kids, then we take them into church on, on Sunday, hopefully to teach them the pattern of just, you know. Weekly worship. Yeah. So the type of kids that you have coming, uh, you say low-income inner-city kids. Mm-hmm. You get troubled kids from, you know, juvie hall, uh, kids with bad backgrounds, kids with single-parent homes. We we get those type of kids, but we have to be real careful to say, you know, we don't we're not necessarily a camp for um, troubled kids, troubled kids. Well, I mean, we get troubled kids, but a lot of people think that we're a camp a treatment center and we're yeah. not that at all. You know, some people say, well, can I send my my son there for the whole summer? Well, that tells me this kid needs to probably be in a treatment center. And we I try to be real clear about that, because if we get kids that are really troubled and have high needs and, you know, it just doesn't work. We end up sometimes having to send those kids home or... You, you get a parent who or, their kid's a felon in the making and they want you to straighten them out right, in three exactly. months. Right, exactly. When we're not that. We're, yeah. we're, our focus is for kids that, hey, they're poor. They, they, they never have the opportunity to go to camp and that's what we're there for. And just by the very nature of that and being inner city, we do get kids that, you know, have had court dates after camp and some things like that. But... We kind of rely on the inner city church to send us those kids that they know that we can really minister to. So over the course of uh, summer, you have uh, 125, 150 kids that come through uh, there. We have about 200 kids that go through our program each summer. Every summer. Mm-hmm. How many counselors do you have to have for the whole summer to handle that workload? If it, It's more intense, more one-on-one. We hire 10 counselors, five guys and five gals. And how we kind of work it also is that um, <clears throat> when we have uh, just boys or just girls camps, the guys are all counseling and the girls are all working in a support role, whether it's helping with the games or helping in the kitchen or whatever like that. We also hire some part-time people during the summer. Uh, like I mentioned, uh, Christy was involved. Um, we hire a part-time wrangler, uh, part-time challenge course manager, part-time uh, photographer, and uh, sometimes uh, um, some extra um, person to kind of help out in the kitchen. We get volunteers. Uh, do I put a little plug in here if anybody wants to come sure. down and cook for a, a camp? We have volunteer cooks that come in and cook for a whole camp. And uh, we've done that for about three or four years now. And these these folks that come in and cook just love doing it. It's really been exciting to have those uh, people come in and see a chance to see the ministry and to serve that way. So if anybody's interested in coming down and cooking for a week, um, we've had people come, you know, from halfway across the United States to cook for just uh, one camp. Just one week. Yeah. That's their so, vacation time. Yeah. So anyway, that's available. So that's uh, our summer staff. So how how did you get involved in this ministry? Did you, when you, you mentioned another couple that you moved out there with. Was it Paul? Right. Paul and well, Paul. Um, Paul and Mary, did you say? Yeah, kind of how, how it kind of all came um, about was that um, uh, Paul um, and his family, his dad, had a 800-acre uh, ranch, cattle ranch, with um, some property in the mountains also. And uh, Paul had this vision to start a Christian camp on a working cattle ranch for inner-city kids. Well, he went to Mount Hermon in California, which is a large Christian camp, as an intern for one year to learn about it. And that's where someone put, I 
Um, I guess kind of where ministry came from in my heart was that when I was in um, high school, a senior and about a junior senior in high school, um, uh, there was a, um, a single mom and she had a 14 year old son that uh, was this mom was into drugs and I mean, a pretty rough lifestyle. Anyway, somehow um, she got connected with our church out there and this older lady led her to the Lord. And so um, I, she had a need. Her car broke down and somehow. So my brother Tom and I went over to help work on a car just to help her out. So I kind of got to know her son a little bit. And it was through those circumstances that I thought, you know, someday I'd like to be involved with a ministry to help um, low income families. So. You know, later on, when I was back in and met Paul back there at Mount Hermon, uh, Paul started telling me about this camp he and Mary were going to start in Colorado for um, um, inner city kids. So God seemed to lead me in that direction. I was looking for actively looking for an engineering job at that time. And so I really wanted to get some experience in engineering before I jumped into any kind of ministry. So I always had something to fall Fall back back on. Well, anyway, God had different plans, and through circumstances, I ended up going to Colorado to um, um, help uh, Paul and Mary start this camp for inner city kids. Are Paul and Mary still involved with the camp? Uh, No, they're not. Paul Paul and Mary were involved with the camp for the first uh, four years, and uh, then then Paul um, went out to California to study discipleship and then went to uh, Pakistan as a missionary, then came back and... um, um, some things kind of uh, fell apart with their um, marriage. Oh. It was kind of a sad story from there. But, and so um, you took over the camp. Right, what he had after, st- what you had helped him start. Right after the first four years after he left, then I really I, I really took things over. And so the the uh, camp, how many acres does it sit on right now? Um, right now, the original the donated um, acreage from Paul's dad was uh, 35 acres. Um, we now have um, approximately 150 acres uh, of land, which is a huge blessing. Yeah. Um, Not all of it filled with buildings, obviously. No. <laughs> so we've got pasture for our horses and trails. And so you went to you went to college for engineering, uh-huh. then Bible college for one year, uh-huh. and then right into this ministry to inner city poor kids. Right. Yeah. Do you have any special training that equips you for this, or just on the job training? You know, I I I've been. Farthest thing from my mind to ever think I was going to go into camping. I mean, you know, I had really no interest in doing anything like that. You wanted to design dams and streets and <laughs> yeah, bridges. bridges and buildings. And yeah, uh, that's uh, really what I wanted to do. In terms of uh, camping, I do love the outdoors. And so yeah. I was, you know, I love to camp and backpack. And so, I mean, it was kind of a natural fit that way. But uh uh, I learned the camping industry from the school of very, very hard knocks. <laughs> Lots of mistakes. And, uh, throughout the but years. But God's faithful and still running today and. And it, it's faithful and it's grown. <laughs> so what does, what does your job involve with the camp? Your, what, what do you do? Okay. Well, throughout, uh, um, It's changed over the years. Yeah. You know, one, one thing I can say that the basic ministry and the, and what we do has not changed. I mean, it's from the day one when we started to minister to low-income kids, and, you know, that focus is still the exact same thing that we're doing today. And I'm hoping that that will go on forever, um, the focus of our ministry. Um, I guess as far as, you know, the way things might have changed, um, 
the original intent of Paul was to start um, or, or have a camp really for kids to come and work on a working cattle ranch. Well, that kind of worked for the first couple of years, but um, it, it just didn't work very well. You come, know. Work, come work your summer for free. Yeah. Help us come, raise cattle. Come pay to work at the camp. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or have someone to pay for you. You know, I mean, there was one time. I should start one of those in my house. Yeah. I, I, there was one time that um, our very first summer we had three kids, and uh, uh, we uh, borrowed an army tent and had, uh, for that was our kitchen and dining room and dug an outhouse, and we had three kids, and, you know, it's kind of my job to counsel the kids, and, you know, Paul was kind of running other things, and so I'd take them out there to do ranch work. We'd uh, go uh, do a shovel irrigating. We'd fix fan saw for hours and hours and move rocks, and pretty soon they started calling me their slave master. <laughs> it wasn't, uh, anyway, it was, it was it, it really didn't. And word spread, and the next year you had two, and then word spread, and the next year you had one. Uh, no, no, the, the second year we had had um, 18, 18 uh, boys. We had two, ran two camps with 18 boys. And uh, so there, from there, it just can, continued to grow, and, and it changed a little more in terms of more typical camp activities. Okay, so you started off being slave master, and, and then your job <laughs> went to what? Uh, well, I guess throughout those years, a lot of what I did was, um, like, everything, you know, especially after Paul left. You know, I had some people to help me with the program, you know, uh, kind of off and on, but uh, it, it, it was pretty rough um, in terms of, you know, and also we built all of our buildings. So like summer, we do our um, camp program. And then during the wintertime, we we built um, buildings. Um, uh, the Lemon Ranch had some property in the mountains where we could go cut trees. And we hired a logging truck, brought them out. So we built two log buildings. One was our, our kitchen and dining facility. And the other was more of a lodge um, with sleeping facilities and a game room. So... I mean, we didn't have any money, so every little bit of money come, we'd raise some more logs, uh, and kind of kept going up with, and a lot of volunteer help, so, and then when it's got close to summer, we'd have to scramble to start finding counselors to write program, and, um, and then jump right into doing the, um, summer program. So that's kind of what my job looked like a lot throughout the years. Um, about 14, well, we did, I did have a couple of program directors. My Eric, my brother-in-law's program. Then there was another program director for him, uh, Lauren York. And after they had both left, I was kind of at a point where I said, God, I need, I can't, I just can't run it like this anymore. And then God brought, um, uh, for eight, almost eight years, Jeremy Yarbrough and his family. And they, uh, really helped to run the program. And then now, now we have uh, Tim and Marcy Miller, who is our program director, who really runs all the program, does all our council recruitment, and um, so today your role is more administrative, really. Right, it's uh, more administrative and maintenance. Um, so uh, what I do uh, is really kind of yeah, all the administrative stuff. Um, so the, on that end, you know, it includes all our state licensing standards, um, except for. Um, the child care license, Tim kind of handles that, but all our other licenses um, I have to keep on top of. Um, uh, you know, I, I take care of any. So if you make a donation to the camp, I handle all the rece- receiving process and uh, correspondence, uh, like with receipts and correspondence with, you know, a lot is, you know, 
I guess a big part of my job is taking in calls and, you know, people wanting to know stuff and you're involved in a little bit of the fundraising stuff yeah, as well. Yeah. And also, yeah, all the, all the fundraising raising is really my responsibility. We do a couple bigger uh, fundraising events throughout the year. And so you do a bike race, right? Uh, so we in uh, in May and if anybody rides bike and would like to come down and help us raise funds for the kids, um, it's really fun. I do it and have done it for, uh, uh, about nine years now. Uh, there's in Durango, there's what's called the Iron Horse Bicycle Classic. It's a big event. Uh, thousands of people come in to ride in this Iron Horse Bicycle Classic, which is started with a race. There's a narrow gauge train that runs from Durango to Silverton and you race the train all the way to Silverton and you gain quite a bit of elevation. You gain like uh, 5,500 feet in elevation to get there and, uh, you can beat the train. And there's also some racing divisions, uh, which I involved in my age division for that. Um, so we usually have about um, 15 to 20 riders that come in and, and join in in this event. And um, they just get sponsorships just to ride in the event. And all the sponsorships go to the um, uh, to the, to the camp uh, to sponsor kids to come. So it's a real fun event. If anybody loves to ride and would like to come, we provide all the place to stay and food for while you're there. And. Um, Durango is a great place to visit. It's How many fun. miles is the bike ride? Uh, it's 50, about 50 miles. And, uh, so, I mean, it is a little challenging. You do have to train for it, uh, but we have people that come from, you know, close to sea level that train and just take huh. their time and start extra early. And so then your, your second big fundraiser is a spaghetti feed. Um, uh, it's not a spaghetti feed anymore. Now we just call it our Hope for Youth Dinner, and uh, people got tired of spaghetti, <laughs> so we <laughs> kind of axed the spaghetti. And now, now we serve a nice dinner and give a camp presentation in Denver, and try to raise uh, the sponsorships from, from the people in Denver uh, for the kids that come from the Denver area. So that is our other bigger fundraising event. So currently, you have, uh, as far as administrative or more full time staff yourself, and then one other couple, Tim and Marcy, just right. And we also have um, that uh, Joy Young. Uh, um, she helps with um, a lot of the administration. She does all the registration of campers and helps me out with the newsletter. And she's a volunteer. Uh, no, no, okay. she's um, she's um, like uh, half time, three quarter time uh, a person. Um, she's a single mom. Uh, she lost her husband to a heart attack. Just um, I guess it's been about two, three years ago now, and so. Um, she's been involved in the, the camping industry, and uh, Tim knew her beforehand. And, and uh, in fact, her husband was Tim, one of Tim's best friends. So anyway, she uh, has come out. She lives at the camp and uh, is, a, is a great help. You know, I really uh, appreciate all of her work. So I can just I have her do a number of things for me, and uh, it's really nice. And so uh, if you're running camps from May through August, what do you do from August through May? Is the camp shut down, or do you rent it out? Um, we, uh, run rental groups, um, uh, that helps generate a little bit of income for the camp. <clears throat> we also run our own retreats, uh, during the wintertime. Uh, those retreats, uh, are mostly for local kids in the area. We might do an overnighter or just a day. We also do what we call coffee houses where we invite the kids out to come out for an evening of just games and, and, um, so you've got activities going on year round. Right. Right? So there's things going year round. Sometimes we'll travel to Denver to uh, Phoenix to, uh, 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 put on like a little mini retreat or like just get together the kids, reconnect with them and follow up with them just a little bit. Okay. So the kids that you are impacting during the summer months, 
during the rest of the year, you are touching base with them, discipling them, uh, seeing how they're doing, where they're at. Right. Right. Another opportunity for evangelism. Right. And the emphasis of the camp is primarily what evangelism, discipleship, training in some way. Well, I guess um, it's hard to say which one's the the most important to us. Um, probably the 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 biggest two are evangelism and discipleship. Um, this last summer, um, I haven't Tim hasn't given me the numbers yet, but we probably had about out of the two hundred, roughly two hundred kids, about um, I think about thirty kids come to know the Lord, and which is really exciting to me. Um, yeah. And then, then what we really encourage is for those kids to keep coming back and keep coming back. And, uh, we kind of look at that more as the, the discipleship aspect of coming back to camp so that each year they come back, we try to minister them a little more, encourage them to grow in their faith. Um, kind of a really neat example of kind of how that works. Um, we have a gal that's, um, been, uh, coming to camp for a long, long time, maybe. 10, 12 years. So she came when she was really young to our Falcon camps. Um, her mom let her come to camp because she thought um, it's a really good idea just to know about different religions, and it's really good to know about the um, Christian religion. So was, she was real supportive of her going to um, a Christian camp, even though she wasn't a Christian. And, and you know, I mean, on her, her level, that's good to learn about, uh, you know, Buddha as well as Jesus. And so, yeah, this is a great thing. So she came to camp for probably about four years. And, you know, your camper, you know, talked to her about Christ and, you know, and believing in him. And, you know, she said, no, no, I just, you know, I'm just not. Just here for the education. Yeah, I'm just, I just want to try to understand this a little bit. And then after about five years, on her very own, she accepted Christ. Just, um, like, wow, <laughs> you know, and it was from through all the influence of, of Crossbar X and that, but it was kind of on her own, in her own time, in her own place. And so then she told us and we thought, wow, this is great. So then she kept coming to camp. And so then we had, I guess, you had the opportunity to really more of the discipleship aspect of growing. Um, for the last couple of years, she's been involved in our SALT program. This is another um, program I hadn't mentioned as far as the camp that we offer. Our SALT program stands for Servant Adventure Leadership Training. And uh, it's really, you know, it talks about servant there. So these these uh, kids come, they need to be high school age, and they, they work. They work in the kitchen doing dishes and, you know, helping, you know, support the counselors and what they do. And um, um, it's quite involved, and they have um, some of their own Bible studies. They have their own counselor and uh, anyway, she's been involved in that for the last two years and has just really grown. And now she's even through our our church in town going on missions trips to uh, um, she just went on one to uh, is either Guatemala or Nicaragua. And right now she's raising money again to go on another missions trip. So so that's been really exciting to see that somebody come to the Lord. Right. Walk with him and then yeah. start serving him. Right. That, I mean, that's kind of makes it all worth it when you yeah. see the whole process of the camp and she's, this gal is just kind of. So you have supporting churches that send these inner city poor kids to up to the camp. These kids come to the camp. They come to know Christ or they hear the gospel. They go back to where those churches are at. Hopefully they're getting connected with right. those good Ex- churches. Exactly. That's, that's a big part of our, 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 I guess I would say our follow-up program is that we want to work with a Christian organization or church just like mentor kids that we know that, 
you know, they're getting a Christian mentor for them and hopefully plugging them into a church and then some of these inner city churches that we can, um, you know, uh, encourage and minister to them. Um, I mean, that the church would um, continue yeah. to minister to them. So that's a that's a big part of what we try to do. So where do you see the camp going in the next few years? You're, uh, you've been doing this since 1982? <laughs> 80? Uh, 1977. 1977. Yeah, that was our first. Summer. You've been doing this since 1977. Yeah. And you've been there all of those years. Never missed a year. Keep plugging away. Yep. Faithfully yeah. serving. So now you're you've got to be upwards of 40 years old. You're looking at the future. <laughs> I wish I was 40 years old. <laughs> yeah. And you're saying to yourself, uh, what am, what am I doing next? What, what do you do? You're doing something here. Tell tell us about that. Uh, yeah, well, n- let me kind of just say that, you know, as far as the, the future of the camp, you know, my whole goal is that I want to see Crossbrex Youth Ranch go on for a long, long time doing exactly what it's doing. And so that's a really big concern of mine because kind of like when one of the founders, you know, leaves an organization, that's kind of a critical point that the organization will continue to go and grow, grow, or, um, It'll begin to die. Mm-hmm. And I don't want it to die. So that's, that's, that's a really, it's just really important. To Hand me. the baton off to the next guy. Right. So, so I have been kind of working with the board of directors as far as, um, trying to work through some sort of transition where, um, we have, um, while things are going well and, um, and good and to try to transition in a new executive director, uh, my position. So, we're, we're working on those details and how that all exactly looks. Um, um, I'm praying right now that maybe, um, our program director, Tim Miller, uh, and his family might do that. He has a real passion for the ministry and what we do and how it works. And so he kind of be an ideal person to, to carry it on, uh, in the future. So I, and, and in the transition is what it looks like right afterwards. You know, I'm not real sure. It might be, you know, not quite a full-time position, but, you know, I might uh, try to transition into more um, projects in a sense for the camp. Um, more part-time stuff. Um, yeah, where I might do speaking for the camp or maybe some fundraising um, things for the camp or, you know, we just don't really know what that looks like. Um, I'd still like to, you know, I mean, you know, be able to sit in on the, um, the camp Bible lessons and see the kids singing and, you know, just kind of, just still kind of be there and kind of support in some way or another. So I'm not really sure how that's going to look, but it'll probably move into not quite a full-time position. And then, then there might be a little transition farther out there. But, um, so I'm not real sure how that all really looks yet. Now, right now you're building a house in Sandpoint. Um, yeah, right now, uh, next to my mom's property, um, we're starting, um, uh, part, part of my purpose in this is that, you know, just in living at the camp, I, I've never built up any equity in any type of a house or any place to live. So um, my first goal is, you know, to have some equity in a place to, that I can, can live in in the future. So you, don't start, you don't retire and then start paying rent. <laughs> so I don't start paying rent, exactly. So over the course of the year, my mom has allowed me to buy um, five acres from her. And so each year I come work a little bit more, save a little more money and try to do the next step. And so right now we're building um, a garage with a little apartment on it. And so we're in the stage of right now putting in the septic uh, system. 
And uh, hopefully next year we can start framing um, uh, the garage out there with the apartment. And I got an idea for you. You should start a, a camp where kids come and work at your new house <laughs> for the summer. That's a missions trip. <laughs> That's right. They can pay you to come. That's right. And build on your house. Yeah. And you put them to work for the summer. That's right. You start off with three kids and yeah. go right back to being a slave master. Right. Right. So. So what, what have you learned about God through this ministry? That God's faithful. I mean, I, it's just, uh, it's incredible. I, God is good and God is faithful. I mean, I think that's what I've really learned. I mean, there's been some very, very difficult times where, you know, you feel like, well, you know, I, I'm done with this. And, um, you know, God, God's just been faithful to provide. I mean, in reality, you know, looking at, you know, the camp really has to raise all of its money to operate. <clears throat> you know, we don't, we get very little money through, like the kids, when they come, they only pay like um, a minimal deposit to help guarantee that they'll come. And then, you know, a little bit of income through rentals. But really, everything else is just, you know, God's provision. Donated. Yeah. And so that's been the most incredible part that the ministry is still going. What is it about you, your personality, your character, your temperament that makes you uniquely wired to handle this type of ministry? Do you, do you feel like a fish out of water, or do you do you feel right at home doing what you're doing? No, I love what I do. Yeah, uh, and I feel feel right at home with it. Um, you know, I guess as far as what I'm wired to do is, um, I guess what makes me do uh, what what I do is that, uh, you know, it was back in in high school that I really made the decision to, you know, I became a Christian when I was really young, but it was in high school that I really said. Hey, I, I need to really commit to the Christian life or I need to forget about it. When I was at that point, I really said, I want to commit to the Lord, you know, 100%. And so it was kind of like uh, through my college years and uh, that, you know, one is that I did want to make a bunch of money. But um, I also wanted to, um, you know, I wanted my life to, to count for the kingdom of God. I wanted to do something that way. So... You know, I knew that that and that's one of the things that helped me make my decision to uh, go to Colorado. So in terms of how I'm wired is that, you know, I, I want to do something that's going to count for eternity with my life. And mm-hmm. I know you can do that in many different ways. And and this is just kind of where God kind of put me there. Um, and that's, uh, you know, I just love seeing kids come. I love ministering to kids. I just love to see them come to know the Lord and, you know. Um, walk with the, him. The, the camping, the camping ministry is just a tool to do that. One last question: What are ways that people can pray for the camp and for you and your family? Um, let's see. How can you pray for us? One is you can kind of pray, really pray for us during this transition. Um, I don't. I mean, I'm still working with the board of directors that we have there, and they're very supportive of this and trying to to help help out on this and just that that God would really raise up the people and the board and everything that would help the camp to you know just keep going on for years and years and years and years and years in the future and uh, that I might see thousands and thousands of, of kids come to know the Lord and grow in him and that's probably one of my biggest uh, uh, prayer requests um, you know, I guess another prayer request is as you do get older, you know, it takes more energy to keep going. <laughs> and uh, camp, Camping ministry is a high energy, um, takes a lot of energy <laughs> to keep going and 
you know, I, you know, sometimes I, I start feeling a little bit tired. <laughs> and, uh, so, By the end of May. Uh, yeah, by May, I feel tired. <laughs> yeah, so, so anyway, um, and just, uh, you know, um, pray for the, how that looks for, uh, you know, Tracy too. She's currently teaching at Grace Preparatory Academy in Durango and, um, it's a Christian school for, um, uh, middle school and high school kids and that's where Laura's going to school. And so, you know, you know, after Laura graduates, you know, kind of house, you know, some directions that, you know, she might go or, I mean, she's kind of looking at, um, she would like to do tutoring for dyslexic kids. Um, two of our kids, um, a little bit dyslexic. So she has real passion for that type of thing. And Hmm. so I think she'd really love to do is to help, you know, you know, kids that can't afford that type of tutoring to be able to get that type of tutoring to, for that help in school and reading. I guess you'd call her a reading specialist is kind of more what what she does. What she does. So I guess those are a couple of prayer requests and just, you know, pray for my kids as they grow up. That uh, you, know, you have one married. Yeah. Three yet to be married. Yep. <laughs> so just in all the directions. You know, I guess for my kids, you know, just... Um, I'd really like prayer for Amy as she goes out to Washington D.C. I know that that's uh, the, there'll probably be some very strong, you know, liberal influences there, both politically and both, you know, spiritually, and yeah. you know, just that God would really plug her into a, a Christian body out there that would really keep her um, encouraged in, in that direction, and you know, just uh, Christy as she uh, pursues um, nursing, uh, um, she might even consider um, going. To being a PA or something like that, um, and just uh, you know Nicole as she makes it through college, and and I guess uh, all my kids for their relationships with you know with a potential husband and yeah. uh, that sort of thing. So one last thing, um, and we probably should have talked about this a little bit earlier, but your work with the camp doesn't mean that you're not involved in local church either. You're, you're very involved in your local church. Right. You right. serve there. You, you fellowship there. Right. Right. So right um, there in Durango. First Baptist church of uh, Durango. And yeah, I've been very involved and very committed through them throughout the cheer- years. Um, I've served as, um, um, an elder there. And, uh, I've also, when I first came to Durango, I got involved with first Baptist right away. I was, um, the Sunday school superintendent, they don't have that anymore, but I was a volunteer <laughs> and did all the Sunday school materials and finding teachers and, um, working uh, with kids and yeah, working with kids. And I also, uh, I was very involved with, um, the building committee. Uh, there's been some remodeling and, uh, uh, spent a lot of work helping that way. And, and you've preached occasionally. Um, I haven't really preached any sermons. I have done some Sunday school classes. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, no sermons yet. Well, thanks, Nick, for taking the time. Okay. Appreciate You're welcome. the opportunity to get to know you. Thank you.